0: Episode 137, Financial Fridays. Welcome to Rookie Designer. My name is Jake and I'm here with Kitty. Hi. Today's episode, we want to start off by talking about two uh, conferences that we went to. I know that I made an announcement a little while ago that I was going to Photoshop World. To be honest with you, that was awesome. It was a lot of fun. I learned a lot. I met a lot of really cool photographers and some really cool designers as well. You actually went to a TEDx event.
1: Yes. A TEDx event. It's a little bit different than a TED event. TED is Technology, Education, and Design. A TEDx event. It's an event molded after the real ones. The, the the main TED events. But this one was here in Guatemala City. It's the second one I went to. It was really fun. The only downer of it is that Jake It was at the same time he was in Photoshop World. So yeah, it doesn't compare. But I have to say that I, I caught up with a lot of people that I knew from other events. And the speakers were amazing. And... If you ever have a chance to sign up for a TED event or a TEDx event in your city, go ahead and do it. It's a day full of inspiration and like education around this type of event. But it's you, you really go out feeling good, inspired, and feeling you can take over the world literally.
0: Now, what type of speakers did they have this year?
1: Um, they had some local speakers, people in advertising, people in fashion. This guy that is in fashion, he also has this movement of trying to make Guatemala a better place with being nice to each other. And there's like a, it was a, like a chain, a human chain in a, like a volcano earlier this year. And a lot of positive things, which I think our society needs. Then we had people from the US. Uh, and like I said, a lot of Guatemalan speakers that usually wouldn't have a stage to percent their stuff.
0: Now, the people that go to this event, what do you find the normal age group is?
1: Last time it was maybe early 30s. This one it was like kind kind of like all over the place. There's one thing I have to explain. The last event that I went to, TEDxUFM, which is Universidad Francisco Marroquín. It's one of the most important and most prestigious universities here. This event, the one that I went to last month, it was TED Guatemala City. It was held at the same place, at the same college, but it didn't have the same people behind it. And I I already told you about it, Jake, that it, it was it had like a different feel to it, the event, but nonetheless, it was great. It was good, but I thought it would be outstanding because i already had a taste of that outstanding type of event like i went last year so it was really good
0: you kind of spoiled last year
1: oh yeah but i mean if you already spoiled your audience once Why wouldn't you do it every other time? Because you're supposed to give out your best. But anyway, like, I have to say props to the Guatemala TEDx event team because it's a tough event to organize. It was 200 people, it was twice as much as last time, which I think it made a difference. Last time, it was much easier for you to be like mingling and do some networking. Here, it was just like, bruh, people. (laughs) There's a crowd. Yeah. So, yeah, it was different. But I have to say that. My crowd it was not as big as yours.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: How many did your event (laughs) had?
0: I don't know the actual numbers, but I know that they did announce that it was the biggest East Coast Photoshop world that they've had. So all the ones that they've had in Orlando didn't match the numbers that they got in D.C., which I'm hoping is a sign that they may go back to D.C. again, either next year or in the near future. But yeah, the numbers were definitely up there.
1: Oh, yeah, that, that would be really good for you. But what happens to all the Latin American people that are like more – it's more easy for us to go to Florida?
0: Yeah, I know. And obviously that's the kind of stuff they need to think about and they need to – to figure out yeah. how they deal with that. But yeah, not, it was a good-sized crowd. I really enjoyed taking classes from people like Matt Kalowski. I took a class from Scott Kelby himself. I also took a class from uh, Jeremy Coward, which he was awesome speaker. He basically talked about the work that he does with his camera that is basically charity work. He's been over to Africa. He's been in Haiti. He's, he's just done so many awesome things. And the thing that's always funny is people always talk about how He makes people cry. I have to say I can understand why, because he's a very, very passionate person. He's a very passionate speaker, and he's an amazing photographer. So when he speaks, people are very quiet. They're very attentive. And he spoke in a session during the day, but then he also spoke on the expo floor as well, where he did some other stuff to show his more artistic side. So he was cool to see. I took some classes on lighting, They were really interesting, learned a lot about lighting. I also took a a class by Corey Barker, which was really cool because that was more design. Oh, he's awesome. Now, he worked like 90 miles an hour, so it was a lot of, wow, what, what did he just do? But obviously, we received a lot of information that would show how he did some of this stuff, plus his books are out there and things like that. But I really liked that class because it was more design-oriented. Photoshop world has become more photography world than software-based.
1: Well, it's Photoshop. I mean, right? it's not the creative suite world.
0: <laughs> yeah, but at the same time, there were classes on InDesign. There were classes about building portfolios in InDesign, which I was actually kind of surprised about. But I can understand why they're doing that with the way e-publishing is is skyrocketing and the way people are using InDesign to do more web development stuff. I I could see why they were teaching that kind of stuff. But uh, yeah, Corey Barker was awesome because he taught more of the design end of Photoshop, and I enjoyed that. Um, Overall, I mean, the conference is definitely worth the money. There's tons of pre-conference classes. Pete and I, my co-host on uh, Rookie Photog.
1: And his brother.
0: Yes, and my brother. We got a chance to go on a photo walk the day before the conference started as a pre-con, and then the last night of the conference, we actually went on another photo walk at night. So we got to do some really interesting... interesting things and it was definitely an awesome experience and if you want to hear more about that trip and actually hear Pete's side of it too we actually did an episode that we released the beginning of April that was on Rookie Photog and I was actually Rookie Photog number five so we'll have a link to that in the show notes if you want to hear more about Photoshop World and also Obviously, we'd love for you guys to listen to the uh, Photog podcast as well, because we're trying to grow that community.
1: Yeah, and I have and just one little thing before we change subject. I wanted to say that it might have sound a little bit negative on my side of be feedback on my event. It was really amazing. I, I did go out leaving the event inspired and with a lot of ideas and just I had that little push of hope <laughs> that sometimes you need to, to have to finish some projects or get some other rolling. Anyway... So the thing is that now we are going to go to our main subject here. And this is something that Jake started to do. Um, a couple of, what, weeks ago or months ago?
0: Probably a couple months ago. And it was when I finally went out on my own. Okay. I needed to think about what taxes I needed to pay. I needed to, to think about how I was invoicing my clients and how I was handling that stuff now that I was going out on my own full time. And what I've set up is I have this thing, and I, I can't remember where I heard it the first time. I know it's a, a phrase that's used a lot and it's called Financial Fridays. And what Financial Fridays is to me, Friday is is my day to sit down and go through my receipts, go through my invoices, and basically organize my financial life on the business side. Now, On the personal side, I I do that another day, but this is for my my business finances. I want to make sure I sit down, and I do it every week. Some people do it less often than that. Some people do it more often than that but I've found that doing it weekly is the best for me because then I feel like I'm caught up every week. So let's talk about some of the things that I do with that, what I do with Financial Fridays. Okay. Before we start, we want to let you guys know we're not accountants, obviously. We're graphic designers. Anything we tell you is just how we handle things. It may not be the best way for you to handle it for your business. So the number one thing that we'll tell you, Get an accountant.
1: And just to pitch in on that one, I've had my business for more than 10 years and this is the most important thing that you have to do when you start up your business. Find a good account. Get references. If you don't know any accountants, go to your local chamber. Go to some other people that are working as business, like that have small businesses. And they may be able to refer you to somebody. Even if it's just somebody from other yellow pages, just look for his information there. He's really good. And he will definitely understand your type of business and that is key. But he understands that you do freelance design or photography work, not just somebody that is used to deal with people that buy and sell products. Because you are not buying and selling a product. You're selling a service.
0: I agree with you. That was one of the things that I had to run into is how do I find an accountant that understands what I do? And part of what I did is like you said, you you check with other people. I reached out to other designers in the area to see if I could find out from them who they were using. I also... To be completely honest with you, I went on LinkedIn, and I did a search for accountants in my area, and then I saw who they were connected with, and the guy that I actually chose to go with was connected to one of my clients. Yeah. So I was able to go to my client and say, hey, can you tell me a little bit about this person, and and they were able to do that. The other thing is I picked up the phone. I made a couple of phone calls before I chose the guy that I went to, and I basically interviewed them. I said, hey, can you answer these questions for me? Have you done this type of accounting before? I was able to find the guy that I needed to work with in that way. It does take some time, but like he said, it is probably the most important thing that you do for your business. Because without a good accountant, without good financial planning, you will not be around in a year. You'll be lucky if you last six months. Because if you're not doing what you need to do to have the money ready to pay your taxes, the government doesn't care. They want that money.
1: Like Jake said, it's really important that you pay attention to taxes because there's no turning back. There's no, oh, I should have done that. The government will not care.
0: So one of the first things that the accountant will talk to you about, and it, it's something that I, I'm going through now, is you, as a business, you first of all, obviously, you want to set up your business name, And they recommend that you register that. But the next step they usually recommend is that you register for a tax ID number. I hadn't done that for the first six months of my business. So now I need to set up a tax ID number. What that does is you can use, if you're a graphic designer who works by yourself, a single independent graphic designer, you can use your social security number. There's nothing that says you can't do that. But the reason they recommend that you set up what they call an EIN number or a tax ID number is to protect your social security number. The biggest thing with fraud is people get a hold of your social security number and then they can open up credit cards. They can do all kinds of crazy things to... To hurt your financial well-being okay. so they recommend the tax ID number so that you're not giving out your social security number so that's another big step that you want to take
1: yeah that's in the U.S. for example here in Guate we are um, we need a tax ID number but it's called the NIT the need it's not the same as their social security number but each person has one tax ID number linked to your ID number It's like that would work the same the same way here in Guate. And I know that it would work the same way in El Salvador and Mexico. So I know that in like throughout the world, pretty much, you need to take a tax number. I don't know if our friends in Australia or or the UK, they have to do the same thing. Like I said, I, I am guessing that they need to so they can actually have track of their tax. Or the government can keep track of your tax payments. I think that that's the main purpose of the tax ID number.
0: Yeah, that's yeah. It's the, it's so that they have a way to to keep track of what you owe them exactly. and what you're paying them. And actually, I'll put out there really quick: if we've got UK, Australia, and basically anywhere that we're not from, which is the US and Guatemala, <laughs> let us know in the comments what you guys have to have just because it's, it's good to share with other people because they're going to wonder if they're in that area. And hopefully you guys can give them some of that information for us. Yeah. So definitely, definitely do that in the comments for us.
1: So what, uh, like, for example, now that you have your tax ID number, what are the steps that you take like during the week? Like, so you can build up to the Friday.
0: Well, the first thing I did is I found a box. A box? A box. Okay. Basically, it's a shoe box. It's nothing crazy. It's nothing major. It's just a box. And the reason I have that box is so that during the week, as I am spending money on business expenses, I can throw those receipts in the box. Okay. And the reason for that is because obviously it's important to keep your receipts. There's different reasons why you do that. I mean, my accountant said to me that anything under $25, I didn't need to worry about. Okay. Me personally, I still throw those in the box so that I can keep track of that stuff and know what's going on, especially now that I'm a a new business. I want to make sure that I have that stuff there.
1: Do you have one box or two boxes?
0: Right now, I just have one box because that's where I throw the receipts. Why would you have two boxes?
1: That was just if I would be doing what you were doing kind of situation. It's not that I have two boxes. So if somebody that is listening to us is a homeowner and they're working from home, they should have two boxes, one for their personal expenses and one for the business.
0: But see, because I don't own a house, I actually rent, so I don't have the things. Okay. Yeah, and that's something again. And if you find an accountant, hopefully he can help you with your personal taxes as well as your business taxes. And your boxes.
1: Okay, so now you have the the boxes filled out with the receipt.
0: All right. The other thing that I make sure that I have is online access to my credit cards and my bank accounts. I would be very surprised if there's any major banks that don't have websites. Now, there may be some credit unions or like hometown banks or stuff like that that may not have a website or may not have the best website. I think that's getting to the point where almost everybody has them.
1: When you were here, um, you saw that if I used one of my credit cards, I would get a text message of the spending of that amount. Do you have the same thing over there with your credit card and debit cards?
0: I, I think depending on the bank, you probably can set that up. Okay. Uh, I think that's a great safety feature yes. so that you know that it's your charges going through. Because exactly. if you're sitting at home doing work and all of a sudden you get a charge that pops up that somebody just bought a 60 inch tv on your credit card you're pretty sure it wasn't you because you're not at the store it's a good way to be able to call right away and say hey something's up
1: yes it's a great safety feature like you said and i just think that if you are going to approach your bank to get online access to your accounts you may want to check on that too while you're at it yeah definitely so now that you have all that access what do you do
0: As well as the online access, I actually use a program that's called Mint. It's from Intuit, who makes uh, QuickBooks. Yeah. And a lot of people know who that is. But they actually have a free website that you can basically plug in your bank accounts, your credit cards. I mean, I, I've even got my student loan in there. You yeah. can put other loans in there. And what it does is it puts all of that statement information into one place. And I really like that so that I don't have to go to each of my banks to check on things or to, to do what we'll talk about in the next step, which is categorizing things. It's all in one place for me. So it makes it a lot easier for me to do that. So why do I use that? The reason I use that is because what I do on Friday is I take my receipts, I pull them out of the box and then I find in the statement where that receipt was what it was from and then I categorize it in mint which is really cool because you can set in mint you basically have a drop down that you can categorize your okay your stuff so to say say I went and bought a new laptop and I bought it at Best Buy so I have a receipt from Best Buy I find that I find basically the receipt will have the date on it I'll find that and then I'll go into mint into that statement, and I can actually use a drop down to flag it as a business expense.
1: Okay. Question: How do you enter that it's from Best Buy? Do you have a tax ID number from them?
0: No, we don't. Basically, it'll be it, it'll show up in the statement in some way. I mean, th- some of them have some crazy ways that they have their name. Like they may have like BB. And then the address, or they may have best B be buy, right? Like B buy or best B be address. You, you kind of got to get used to how these major companies have their credit card. But you, the nice thing with Mint is you can go in and rename that. It won't change the ID for that, like what the actual tag ID is for that purchase, but you can go in and make it so it says Best Buy now, so it's easier to understand. Yeah. By flagging it as, as a business expense, you can also sort that into. Office equipment, office supplies, mileage, gas, um, all, all different things. So by doing that, you can then sort that statement by expenses. Okay. Like what type of expense it is. And so it works really well. Now, I personally have a credit card that I use for almost everything that I buy, whether it's gas, whether it's food, whether it's business expenses, stuff like that. Some people would call me crazy for doing that because some people think you should keep everything separate. But as a small business, and I'm just getting started... My accountant said, you know what, you're doing the right things by flagging things that are business and sorting it that way. Don't worry about it. And the reason I do that is because it's a miles card so that I have the miles to be able to travel. So I use that card for everything and then I just pay it off at the end of the month. But that's why I go in and flag those things so that once they're flagged in the accounts, I can export those accounts to Excel. And when I export them to Excel, I can export them by a category or by an expense category. Yeah. So I can export all of my business expenses. And what that allows me to do is then I can also export by subcategories, mileage, gas, okay, food during an, an appointment with a customer or something like that, office supplies, mm-hmm. equipment. I can export it by each one of those subcategories. And then I can hand that to my account. And he will see what the total is for each one of those expenses. And then he can plug it into his software so it makes my tax return a lot easier for him to deal with.
1: Um, how often do you talk to your accountant? Is it monthly, weekly, yearly?
0: I actually don't talk to my accountant that often. If something were to come up major, like say I was going to rent office space or I was going to say I was going to buy a house and I wanted to talk to him about how I deal with making sure my office is set up or if I've got a major expense, I can just pick up the phone and call him. Yeah. But since I'm – again, since my business is so new, he he didn't really – see a need to talk to him on a regular basis just if if I had questions. Now, I do pay a quarterly tax that I send in quarterly, and it's an estimate based on what I think I earned for that quarter. And all, all that is doing for me, according to my accountant, again, we're not accountants, this is just what I understand it as, Okay, is it's basically a build-up fund that will make it easier for me to pay my taxes at the end of the year. Now, sales tax is something different. I'm not going to go into that too much because that's something you should talk to your accountant about. Sales tax is something you have to pay on a regular basis and that is like you actually have to have a record of what you've collected and things like that. Definitely talk to your accountant about that type of stuff.
1: I do have... To at least say hi to my account once a month <laughs> and say, "Okay, how much do I owe this month?
0: Is that your sales tax or is that your business tax? both both okay
1: because the chapter that we're in we chose to be, to pay monthly and the business tax and the sales tax every three months, something like that like I don't know how the exact translation would be from my taxes to yours, but let's call it call them like that. So yes, I do have to talk to my accountant monthly. So you might you might want to check with your accountant, you listener, not you, Jake.
0: <laughs> right. A lot of what they're going to do with you is they're going to sit down and say, okay, how much do you think you're going to earn for the year? Yeah. And well, what is your projected earnings? And then they'll sit down with you and say, okay, this is how we need to break this up. They may tell you to to pay something more often than that they may tell you to, to pay a certain amount every quarter or yeah. something like that i mean it that's why you have to talk to your account so once i have that exported to excel it, it allows me to to give it to my accountant when he needs it to be able to break it down in the ways that he needs to be able to see it and that's why i, I like using mint because it it just does that for me and it's so easy and everything's right in the same spot yeah i can go in on friday take my receipts go through them There are times you forget to get a receipt or you lose a receipt or something like that. That's why it's good to go through that statement and say, okay, you know what? That was a charge that was for coffee when I had an appointment with a client. And you know what? I lost that receipt. You can still file that under a business expense. The other thing is keep your box somewhere that you can easily get to. Okay. I personally keep it in my office, but I keep it in like out in the open so that when I come into the office, which is where I spend way too much time, I can pull the stuff out of my pockets, throw the receipts in there that are need to go in there. And and sometimes I'll throw personal receipts in there too. Yeah. Again, that's why you go through it on Friday because you'll be like, oh, all right. This was for McDonald's. Pretty sure I can't write that (laughs) off. That's why I keep it out in the open. So it's easy to get to and easy to, and and also so it's easy to get to on Friday too. You don't want to have to like search for the box when you go through. Once I'm done going through the box and I have the receipts basically all figured out what they're going towards and what they're for, I'll put them in a folder. Yeah. And I I keep that folder in a filing cabinet and it's got all my receipts. Now, if you're doing a lot of expenses each month, you may want to set up, folders for each month so that it's just a little bit easier to go back and say, okay, there was something I need to to look at from January of this year. You can go back to those receipts. So just to make it a little bit easier. But again, I'm a new business. I'm not really concerned about spending too much yet. Obviously, I'm trying to earn more than I spend. But that's just some of the stuff that you may want to think about. Now, as you grow as a business, decide to hire other contractors or you decide to hire an employee to work with you. Or something like that. You may want to look at some of the software that's out there, like QuickBooks or Peachtree. Yeah. And you, and talk to your accountant about that. Okay. They'll recommend something to you because a lot of times, if you use those softwares, they're gonna want you to use the same one they do, so that you can just do an export, hand them the file, and it pops right into their system. So there are there are those softwares out there as you grow. Again, I, I'm a smaller business, so I'm still using Mint, which is a free. Yeah. program. But I'm also using another program called Expensify, which is available on the web. And it's also available as an iPhone app. And I love it because it allows me to log my mileage. I can take pictures of receipts. It automatically will read the receipt with OCR and tell me who it was from, how much was it for. And all I've got to do is put a category that it goes into. Basically, that allows me to match that up later on with my credit card statement and make sure that I've got all my expenses accounted for. And what's nice with that is it's kind of just like another way to double check myself. But the big thing I like is with the iPhone app, I can do it immediately. So I don't have to wait till I get to Friday to have that stuff in there. I can automatically take a picture of it It goes up to the system, and it's there. It's it's little things to make it easier. But on Friday, I go back through, make sure everything's recorded correctly. And I'm not saying take the entire day on Friday and do this. It takes me probably an hour, hour and a half. It's the first thing I do on Friday after I check email and after I check Facebook. First business thing I do, let's just say that, on Friday, and I sit down and I do it. As you get into your routine, it becomes easier and it becomes faster. And by doing it once a week, it's not the end of the month and you're spending four hours doing it. It it just makes it easier to be able to do that. So I would highly recommend that you look at Mint. I'd highly recommend that you look at Expensify. We'll have links to those things in the uh, show notes. So I would definitely look at that.
1: Yeah, and one last thing. For example, I can't have – like I don't do invoicing as you do. So or what I need to do as a business is that I need to go to the government and have them authorize a certain number on invoices. So I have to go to a printer, have them printed with that invoice number on each and it's not something that i can do on my hp printer (laughs) my laser printer it's something that i really have to go to a authorized printer from the government and this is obviously to have this have a much better track so i have invoices i have receipts so i do use a software to keep track of my invoicing but it's just let's say this for my eyes only it's just pretty much to keep a track instead of having an Excel spreadsheet because it got to a point where the Excel wasn't I I honestly I did a couple of invoicing mistakes. I invoiced maybe I jumped one invoice I skipped one invoice so I didn't never send it until like, like a month later and then I invoiced twice something so yeah it, it was kind of messy this was years ago oh, okay. so right now what I'm using is billings and what I like about billings is that I can have everything on my Mac and then sync it to my phone so I do know who's paying who's like who owes me stuff I can send reminders and what I did is I did like a Mac version of desktop version of my invoices so it pretty much looks the same without The numbering one. I have one uh, disclaimer there that says this is only a reminder of your invoice. This is not the real invoice, (laughs) so they don't freak out. But if you want to have some kind of tracking system implemented, even though your country's invoicing system doesn't allow you to do some do that electronically try to use Billings. It's really good. They have multiple currencies. At first, I didn't use it because it only had a dollars. And most of my things uh, are built in get sales, which is my local currency. So Billings has a good, solid software there. So if our listeners want to give it a try, it's not free. It's expensive. I feel the desktop app is like 40 bucks and well, not overly expensive, but you know what I mean? It's not free. And the iPhone app, I think it's like 10 bucks, But trust me, it's worth it.
0: <laughs> what I was going to say. I mean, it, there's nothing wrong with starting with Excel and using that. But like you said, as you get busy, as you grow, yeah. y- you may make a mistake. And, and the idea of a software like Billings is to make it easier for you. I do find it interesting that you can't electronically invoice. And that, that's, to me, I don't know what I'd do without that. Now, I personally don't have a max so I don't use billings but I actually use Harvest and their site is getharvest.com Now the thing I liked about Harvest is as I was starting up when I was doing this part time I could use Harvest for free and I was able to put in I think 3 actually it's 4 clients it's 2 projects and 1 user It was a great way to start cuz I only obviously had a few clients when I started so It enabled me to have an invoicing program to keep track of things, like you said, which is really important. Then eventually, I did go to the, the pay version, and the solo one, which is the one I use, is $12 a month, and it's for one user, but it allows me unlimited clients, unlimited projects, and unlimited invoicing. So I'm allowed, and in the US, we're allowed to invoice basically ourselves, come up with our own numbers, things like that, and do it electronically.
1: But one thing that I wanted to tell you about billings is that I can actually have categories. So I have creative, design, development, editing, financial, on site, photography, writing. And then I have the kind of work that I have. So I can have a timed, I can have hourly rates, I have a fix fixed um rate for that or i have a quantity then we have expense and i have mileage because i do have mileage here but also the the really good thing about here is that you have for example your subtotal and then you can have a discount and the taxes separately
0: and and harvest has a lot of those same features as well I mean, i've got it it's same thing it's set up with a base hourly rate you can have discounts i have a design flat rate um Things like that. So it's got all these features that are very extensive. This Harvest also has a iPhone app. The iPhone app is more about time tracking than it is about seeing what invoices are there and things like that. But the nice thing is if if I'm working on a project and it's an hourly rate project, all I have to do is hit a button on my phone and it starts the timer. I start working, I get done, I hit the stop button, it automatically uploads that to the project. Now obviously I have to select what project it's for, but it'll automatically add that. So it's it's and, and that's and what we're saying is and we use two different programs, but What we're saying is it's important to find something that works for you. Excel may work for you in the beginning. If you're extremely organized, it may work for you for a while. But be careful, because obviously invoicing is about you getting paid. You don't want to forget invoices. You don't want to ignore invoices that someone's late on. Don't invoice twice. People don't like that. Unless they pay you twice, but then they really don't like that. Everything's right there in front of me in Harvest. So I'm able to, to send them a receipt as soon as I get paid. I can put check numbers in. Harvest also allows me to, if I want to, have ways for them to pay through a pay service and it would pay your your invoice for you. You get an email that says, hey, it's been paid and then the money goes into your account. So there's ways to do that. Does Billings have stuff like that as well?
1: For payment, like you can have like, yeah, I got, like I have two screens. One that it's like the projects and what you're working on, and if you want to an invoice and everything, and the other one is the payment control. So, for example, if I sent you an invoice of a thousand dollars, and you paid a retainer of thirty percent, so you paid three hundred dollars. So there's a seven hundred outstanding debt, and so yeah, it does keep track of that. You can add um, if you had a bank transfer. A deposit, direct deposit or credit card, PayPal, cash. That's pretty much everything that they have. <laughs> but yeah, like you, you can have that and you can send statements and you can even have a template look as like your business. It works.
0: If you're talking about a desktop app, Get Harvest is actually a web app. And I can access that if I'm at a client's office and they want to know what an invoice is and I don't have my... Laptop with me, I can sit down and go to the website and find out what it is. So that that's a big difference between Get Harvest and Billings is that Billings is desktop and Harvest is online. Obviously, we've spent a lot of time talking about Financial Fridays and about financial items.
1: If our listeners have any questions or any comments or any software recommendations that they want to chip in, please leave a comment on on Facebook or, or at the site.
0: <laughs> right, you can also tweet us and we're, we're on Twitter as Rookie Designer and we're also on Google Plus. So you can definitely find us online if you want to leave comments and let us know what you think about how you handle things financially. I've already kind of jumped ahead a little bit and given what my recommended app was going to be, which is Harvest. So why don't you give your recommended app
1: so my my app of the week is Quicksilver. I've been using Quicksilver for oh no I I, I forget how, how long I'm using it. This is a um la- application launch app. It's really nice. I think I got you to use it when you were on a Mac. Yeah yeah. And this application, what it does is that you can actually launch applications, go to folders, browse folders, control iTunes, email, have like open. Many applications at once. You can do backwards searches. I mean, like, if you are in, like, in a really, really, like, a folder deep down, you can actually go back.
0: Oh, all right.
1: There's, like, there's a lot of plugins here. Um, So I'm going to write. That's my, my recommendation. You can use it on lion, snow leopard, leopard, and tiger, and panther, I'm looking at. It goes all the way back to oh. 10.3. So it's good. Wow. You can have iTunes modules, Safari modules, like a lot of plugins into it. I know that a lot of people say that Quicksilver was dying, but it's not. It's still alive. (laughs) While Quicksilver was slowly getting back into development mode. There was also another app that's called LaunchBar that it was really the main competitor. And they even have like this, hello, Quicksilver users, considering to switch kind of thing. So you have something like a familiar interface with it, but there was a new and free also application called Alfred. Dan, Dan from no- Noble Desktop, our friend Dan, he was the one that mentioned this to me that he that he loved it, and it's really good. But since I'm all set with Quicksilver, I'm not changing. But I'm going to leave you with all the links of the um, of this apps, pretty much app launcher if you want to control iTunes if you like you can do so many things just with your keyboard that's the best thing you don't have to use your mouse at all and you don't have to to launch any folders to open applications so it's just a few keystrokes and voila it's perfect it's there i would honestly recommend that you try to inc- start to work that into your workflow having application launcher to your workflow because it makes things much faster and much easier
0: well, anything you can do to basically not have to drag and click or, or use your mouse to find something is going to make things faster for you. And obviously, the faster you work, the more efficiently you will work. So uh, I agree. That's I, I oh, While I, I don't have a Mac, I'm, I'm a PC person. I use the window key to launch my stuff all the time because in Windows 7, you hit that key, you start typing the application, and it'll pop it up, and then you just hit enter, and it launches it it's the same idea as what what you're doing now it doesn't have all the control that quicksilver has but it at least allows me to launch stuff really quickly and i use it all the time all right we're going to go into our uh keyboard shortcut for the week well obviously we switched this around a little bit because i cheated but uh what is the shortcut for this week for a keyboard
1: last episode we were talking about switch switching applications now we're going to do switch tabs or windows within the current application. And for, for me, it's command left tick. Left tick?
0: All right. I got to explain this. When I was searching online to figure out what that key was, people call it a tilde key. Okay. But the problem with that is the way you get the tilde is to hit the shift key. You normally don't call the key based on the shift key. So I was looking all over the place to figure out what that accent mark was. And that's what I came up with, was that it's the left tick. Now, most people will probably call it the tilde key, but for the actual thing that we're trying to do, I guess it's called the left tick. So that's what I was able to find when I did a search online.
1: Okay, so the the switch tabs or windows within the app, shortcut for the Mac is command left tick. Or command the key next to the number one.
0: It's <laughs> probably the easier way to say it. Now, on the PC, it's, it's control tab. So that, that's what you use to switch between windows in an application, which is really cool for like InDesign, Illustrator, Photoshop. If you've got more than one window open, it makes it really quick to go back and forth between windows and find what you're looking for rather than having to click on the tabs. Same thing within a browser. Like, I've got a couple tabs open now for while we're doing the podcast, and I can switch between those tabs by just hitting... The control tab key, and it and it goes to each of the tabs, so it works really well. Yeah. Well, I think that's going to bring this podcast to a close.
1: Oh, one last thing, really, really, I promise this is the last thing. I made a list on Facebook because now Facebook has this lists that you can populate like from different pages. So I called it the Rookie Designer Tools, and I'm going to leave a link on the show notes. It has 44. Pages featured all from Creative Suite, um, Xera, 24 Hour Photoshop, Adobe TV, all the f- the Fuel and Tuts networks, Vector Basic Training, the Pantone fan page, Video to Brain, Code Line software that I've talked about before, Smashing Magazine. It's a jewel of information if you want to uh, subscribe.
0: So, appreciate you listening. And as always, you can find us online at Twitter at Rookie Designer, on Facebook, at Rookie Designer, on Google Plus, at Rookie Designer, and also you can email us at info at rookiedesigner.com. We've also got the contact form, but also don't be afraid to leave us a comment.
1: And rate us on iTunes, please. Both our podcast, and if you want to um, listen to Rookie Photog podcast, our sister podcast, which is Jake and his brother Pete, talking about rookie tips on photography you'll find enough links on (laughs) on the show notes but um if you feel like it give us a rate and uh, we really appreciate it
0: everybody's a rookie before they're an all-star